And now we're recording. Now we're recording. It gives you this silly little message that says, Oh, I did you want to update Audacity? No, I don't want to update Audacity! Skip, man! Skip! (laughs) Right. Now I'm going to uh, introduce everyone, all of me shipmates here on this on this uh, silly little boat that we're on. And on uh, acoustic guitar, we have um, my cousin Whiskey Joe. Hi, everybody. And on uh, ukulele, oh, we have our dear friend Moxie Michael. Hey. Hello, everybody. On the next acoustic guitar, we have our dear <laughs> shipmate, Tequila Timmy! <laughs> and on ukulele, we have our dear new friend, and she goes by the moniker of Dishwasher Fluid Diane. <laughs> <laughs> And to our our right, we've got our dear friend, who everyone knows by now. Her name is Zinjay, otherwise known as Zinfindel J. And, of course, we have our dear uh, shipmate, who has just come up from the coxswain, and his name is Daisy Wayne Wyatt. How you doing, everybody? Very nice to be here. Cellar. I'm writing you out of the booty. Banishing you from the poop deck. I'm putting you in the scrugs with a hose pipe on ya. Ah, that's what we do here at the Weird People Show. Now, we have a we. The reason I'm here, Rum Jerry, is because our show is is featuring love. It's featuring love. Now, most people might not associate pirates with love, but have you ever been on a pirate ship? Well, you'd know if you'd had, because there's plenty of amorous feelings and actions going on on a pirate ship at all times of the day. I'm talking about afternoon watch. I'm talking about night watch. I'm talking about morning watch. Herman Melville over here. Can you believe this guy? For more information, watch our flag means death. (laughs) Put Put your mouth on that microphone when you're talking into it. And you for more information. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Please watch our flag means dead. No. Not sponsored. Unless, unless HBO Max, we have sponsorships open. Hit me up. I know one of your friends from college. All right, all right now. 
All right, now everyone's all you everyone settle down now. Everyone settle. Now we're start, going to start with our first uh, offering, our first uh, free trade, if you will, our first booty, some might call it, our 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 a treasure. That's what it is. It's a treasure, and it's been written by our very own Zinjay, and it is entitled. The Lover's Guide to the Unexplicably Eldritch. Or unspeakably. Yeah. Unexplicably is not a word, is it? No, it's not. Um, I thought it was. It's yeah, inexplicable. No. Inexplicable. In, oh, inexplicable. The, the title is Unspeakably Eldritch, but inexplicable is a word. Not for pirates, it's not her. <laughs> no, because we explain everything away, yes. <laughs> love is an irrational force. <laughs> well, love, love doesn't exist, so it can't be irrational. Oh, Slavic people. Oh, wow. Edgar wow. In the house. Wow. In the house. Challenging the very crux upon which this show is currently based. I'm the carpenter, by the way. It's nice to see everybody. Okay. Now, I, without further ado, we're going to take you into a world that you may not be familiar with, but don't worry. You've got your, you've got your rum jerry right here, and you've got your black straps on, so you won't fall out of the boat. Okay. Onward and upward. Episode one. How to catch the attention of a demon. Hello there, lonely hearts and other alarming creatures of the night. Allow me to paint a picture for you. We're here on Earth, specifically the Texas region of the United States of America. Deep in the heart of middle of nowhere, Texas, there's a tiny cottage just off the side of a long, neglected road. In the cottage rests a young woman named Ramona. You'll learn more about Ramona in due time, but when it comes to character development, I like to take a more hands-off approach. What Ramona doesn't know is that just outside her cottage, on this dirt road that no one ever drives down on purpose, there is a horrible, terrible creature lurking in the night. While Ramona passes the devil's hour sleeping soundly in her bed, it seems the devil himself has sent an associate on his behalf to torture this young solitary soul. The beast lurks underneath an abandoned roadside stand, hissing and gnawing in the general direction of the cottage. Unfortunately, there aren't any streetlights for it to appear under, but if there were, they would be flickering. In its natural state, the beast is nearly too horrifying to even describe. It seems to be made entirely of shadows and light, with absolutely no substance for either to bounce off from. Instead, the darkness folds in on itself, twisting and turning in ways that should only be possible in another dimension, where bits and pieces of the shadow flare out from time to time like light from a star, thrashing about as if trying to capture unsuspecting mortals in their grasp. The only part of this creature's body that the human mind can fully comprehend are two orange eyes that shine brightly from the darkness and stare into your soul as if feeding from it. They peek out now from two long strands of grass in the roadside. There are no pupils in their center, only bright lights which hypnotize anyone who gazes into them. The beast wishes it could say that thousands of humans have met their end getting lost in these eyes. But as misfortune would have it, tonight is their first haunting. 
And it's about time as well. The Beast has spent millennia in hell, training under the many watchful eyes of the Antichrist himself, waiting patiently for this day. No matter how much a demon claims to hate humans, the plain truth is that their lives revolve around them. Hell is never ending. Hell is a never-ending battle against heaven, trying to prove that they can damn more souls than the Almighty can bless. Therefore, their entire society is built around causing as much pain and suffering to mankind as possible. Demons don't get to choose a career; they're simply born and bred to tempt people into committing sins. The underworld's a rather large domain, coming in at one quadrathousand times the size of Earth. And every square inch of the place is designed to facilitate either the active torture of humans or schools that teach demons how to make humans more miserable. And a demon's entire personality revolves around how much misery they've caused mortal beings, so it is rather embarrassing for this beast creeping through the grass now that it hasn't had the chance to do so yet. And as far as hauntings go, this one's rather simple. A young woman, all by herself, in an isolated cabin in the middle of nowhere in the dead of night. If this human doesn't come out of this haunting completely traumatized, then the beast will be laughed right out of hell. And so, the beast makes its first move. It leaves the roadside stand and starts crawling through the tall grass just outside the girl's window. Hear that sound? That's the sound of a smart move. Ramona will surely hear the commotion and wake up, only to see nothing but the grass twitching ever so slightly. She may be frightened. She may just think it's an animal and go back to sleep, but either way, the beast will have gotten her attention. Or not. It seems Ramona's a rather heavy sleeper. Well, no matter. The beast has prepared for this. It lurks just outside the candle-flushed window. Surely, it's taking in the layout of the room to try and find the best way to scare her. Or, um, it's it's just staring from the window. I, I don't know why. Its glowing orange eyes are fixated on Ramona's resting visage, watching as a strand of curly blonde hair falls gently into her mouth. The lashing tendrils on the outer edges of the beast's form flare gently now, flicking underneath the crack in the window into Ramona's cottage. This, uh, this certainly isn't how I imagine the first haunting going, but I suppose it makes sense. I mean, after all, this is the first time the beast has seen a human in real life, so it's probably just curious. It, the romantic music must have been a technical error that we'll rectify now. Ah, the beast teleports. It enters the build. <laughs> oh. Well, the beast has entered the cottage, but it's it's altered its form. Instead of a horrifying creature of the night, the beast is now... <clears throat> a girl. Granted, it's only a strange approximation of a girl, but it's got all the important components. A horned head crowned with hair, white as snow, two void black arms that end in clawed hands, two skinny legs, and a torso covered by a tattered gray dress. Not to mention the exact bulging orange eyes that we saw before. Indeed, it's a strange approximation of a woman, but a woman nonetheless. And I'm not sure why the beast has chosen this form. It's almost as if it's trying to imitate Ramona. But that can't be, because there's no way that the beast actually likes... Okay, what is... What's going on here? 
Am I missing something? Because this has got to be some sort of strange joke I missed out because it honest to goodness looks like... Like, why else would the creature of the night be crouching beside Ramona's bed staring at her like she's the only important thing in the world? Okay. Okay, we're going along this for some strange reason, the beast is very infatuated with Ramona. Not that Ramona's a bad-looking human, it's, it's just that demons aren't really supposed to be able to feel limerence or have crushes. Regardless, the beast is kneeling next to Ramona's bed, watching her sleep with unfathomable awe. It's a little creepy, but to be fair, creepy is kind of bred into the beast's DNA. Ooh. Ramona's a very loud... Heavy sleeper. Somehow she hasn't noticed yet the literal demon kneeling next to her bed, breathing very heavily even though it doesn't need to breathe. Ramona is still snoring in her sleep. And now the beast is hiding under the bed in fear. Apparently this beast was not taught about snoring during its haunting lessons. I mean, this is what happens when the satanic education system cuts funding and that whatever I'm getting out of topic. Oh, what's this? The beast's temporary fear has subsided, and now it's emerging back from out under the bed. It has resumed its position of watching Ramona in awe as she sleeps. God, uh, this is going to be a whole thing, isn't it? And a whole day has passed since we last saw Ramona and her secret admirer, the young beast known as... Yeah, it's a family name. Anyways, the beast has had some time to process its feelings and read up on what signs to look for when diagnosing somebody with a crush. And it has decided that it is most definitely, unfortunately, in love with Ramona. The beast has never been in love before, since it's not something a demon is even supposed to be able to do. I mean, the beast has only ever been to Earth twice. The one night, a few days ago, and one time in a school field trip to Salem, Massachusetts. You know, adolescent demons are forced to go there at least once before they graduate to celebrate the work of the infamous demon Aliaster, who started the Salem Witch Trials. Of course, nowadays there's quite a lot of controversy around the subject, new evidence suggesting that the demon actually had nothing to do with the goings-on of Salem at the time, and instead just took credit for the whole thing. Regardless, the beast has very little experience on Earth, and thus has very little knowledge of what love is supposed to be. According to some of its friends, humans feel love when they care about another being just as much as themselves, and the most common symptom of the condition is wanting to spend time around the other being. You know, doing the things they like, that sort of stuff. Well, the beast certainly cares about Ramona, at least, you know, knows that, but it doesn't know what Ramona likes other than one thing, so that's why it came back to Earth today, to gather intel. The beast lurks around Ramona's home, this time during the day. After its last visit, the beast was able to discover one of Ramona's hobbies, lying unconscious on soft tables. But seeing Ramona apparently only likes to do that at night, the beast is now here to find out what she likes to do during the day. The beast has never really cared for sunlight itself, but if Ramona likes it, then the beast would be more than happy to stand directly on the sun for the rest of its life. For her. Moonshine, moonspun, honeydew, day done. We walk by the water for, for... While spying through the window, the beast has discovered a new interest of Ramona's, oscillating rhythmic sounds. It presses its face against the glass, trying to memorize every detail of what's going on. 
Ramona's making a strange sound through her vocal cords. Not only that, but she has some sort of wooden device that, even, that makes even stranger noises when you pluck the strings. Humans like making strange noises using weird tools that come in funny shapes. The Beast makes a mental note of that and continues to watch. For... for what? I hate writer's block. Well, ain't much I can do about it right now. Guess I'll just relax and wait for the inspiration to come. We now observe the eastern cottontail bunny in its home in the forest. Wild rabbits often struggle to survive long enough to reach old age, but this one has beaten the odds and is a shocking seven years old. Aww! Interest number two. Something called bunnies. The beast has never heard of these bunnies before, but the creature on the screen actually looks rather familiar. Yes, the beast is sure that it's seen something like that bunny hopping around hell before. Well, at least there's one thing the beast is familiar with yet. This'll do nicely. Now, the beast has found out some of Ramona's interests and it has an idea. Not, an, not even an idea, a plan. It scurries back down to hell to ask its friends for their aid in his noble quest. Should have paid my credit card debt. Welcome to hell! Contrary to popular belief, not all the underworld is covered in fire and brimstone, but the sector that the beast lives in is. And they thought about going abroad and living in the frozen quarter of Helen's school, but after a freak accident as a result of an aristocratic demon succession crisis, the beast's entire neighborhood has been swept up in an icy storm that the beast did not care for in the slightest. For almost a week, it had to endure sub-zero temperatures, with no way to keep warm or protect itself from the howling ice and wind. The incident caused the beast to toss the idea of moving all together, so now it lives in a nice, cozy cave in one of the warmest areas of hell. In the same area are a few other young demons the beast rather enjoys spending time with, and it suspects that the other demons feel the same way, even if none of them would ever Now, the beast is now going from door to door, chatting with other demons to see which of them might help it out. Right, sorry, I forgot to mention that, folks. Demons are not all the same. The beast is part of a lower class of demons, often referred to as imps, which are nearly incapable of speaking any human language. Even though they can understand languages far more complex than ours, they simply aren't born with the physical components necessary to replicate those sounds. Their language is rather simple, like that of an animal's. So, allow me to translate. Hi there, how are you today? Very bad. Oh, I am so glad to hear that you're doing better. I was very concerned the other day when you said you were doing well. Yes, I have been going through a tough time lately, but now I am back to being terrible. What brings you to my hole in the ceiling? I need a favor. What is it? There is a human I am trying to, uh, scare. Yes, I need to scare them, but they only fear two things. You know that thing we learned about in human psychology class with the oscillating sounds? Yeah, why? That is one of the things. They are also afraid of those little creatures that hop around here and always get into your nightshade gardens. 
All right, those stupid flipping hoppy guys. So why do you need my help? I need help getting those two things. I have no idea how to find them. I think our neighborhood on the inside of the outside of the hallway has a book about how to make those oscillating sounds. And if you want a hoppy guy, just get some nightshade berries and make a trap. You'll catch one in no time. Okay, I'm gonna go ask our neighbor for the book then. I hate you. Hate you too, bye. And so the beast did as it was instructed. The neighbor wasn't willing to lend it the book, but it said that it could steal the tome any time. So the beast snatched the book that night, caught a little hoppy guy the next day, and he was a rather cute little hoppy guy if the beast didn't say so itself, then hurried up to Earth to show Ramona the presents, which it was rather proud of. Oh, hello there! What a wonderful costume you have there. I do believe Halloween is still a few weeks out. But I don't blame you for dressing up early. I just love spooky season myself. If I weren't so nervous all the time, I'd probably wear a costume all October. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to ramble. What can I do for you? I'm sorry, I didn't quite understand that. <laughs> you remember when I said it was nearly impossible for imps to replicate human language? This one's trying its best. You brought me presents? Now, not that I'm flattered, but I don't even know you. Have we met before? Uh, if, I, if I say yes, <coughs> you, you won't take presents? Um, sure. My mom always told me to be wary of strangers, but I always found that a sad rule to follow. Besides, my mom also gave me a musket for emergencies, so I don't doubt any stranger could really do much harm. Here, why don't you come in? Oh, what's in the box? Where's that supposed to be a surprise? Oh my goodness, I can't believe I have a guest in my home and I haven't offered them food or beverage yet. Would you like anything to drink or snack on? I don't have much right now, but if you want, I can fix you a cup of tea. No, no, no. I I give presents. Okay, whenever you're ready. You said one of them was a song, right? Yes, yes. The beast opens up a book and starts growling in rhythmic patterns similar to music. As it sings, a chorus starts chanting a menacing Latin hymn backed by the beast. Loud and abrasive instruments begin to sound. The whole thing sounds like the beast is either possessed or trying to possess Ramona. The music grows louder and crescendos as wind begins to spiral out from the book, catching the beast in a very loud whirlwind that also picks up a few household items with it. Everything builds to a climax and then stops suddenly! When the beast closes the book, things crash to the ground 
and it is apparently satisfied with the song. Wow! That was certainly something. How did you get yourself to float like that? Not to mention about half my dining room set. Did that box just move? What on earth have you gotten there? Like a dove at last released from its cage after the newlyweds have embraced, I am finally free from my trappings of cardboard! Oh, oh, who's this little guy? The little guy in question is one of the bunnies Ramona is so fond of. Well, you know, in a sense. It looks and acts almost exactly like a regular bunny with two notable exceptions. Instead of just the standard eyes on either side of the head, this bunny has a grand total of 20 eyeballs scattered about its body. They're all functional, too. Each eye only needs to rest for a few hours every day, meaning that the bunny can close two of its eyes at a time and still keep vigilant with the other 18. If you thought the forest was a dangerous place for a bunny, imagine what hell is like for these poor guys. It's only natural that the lagomorphs in the region adapted to their surroundings. And the other thing that you know, sets Argus apart from both earthly and hellish bunnies is that he often says, you know, little cryptic sayings. Look. Look at this little baby. He's so adorable. Who's a good little boy? Can I hold him? Yes. Come here, little guy. Oh. Do not patronize me, wheat-haired woman of earthly flesh. My, you are a tricky little fella. Though I suppose it makes sense with all the eyes and whatnot. Well, I guess I'll just have to coax him with it under the couch. This. Here, little baby, you want a carrot? Ugh, carrots! Aw, there you are. I can't believe you did all this for me. It gets lonely sometimes out here so far away from town. I was beginning to think everyone had forgotten about me. Say, I can't believe we got this far and I had never introduced myself. I'm Ramona. What's your name? Oh, well, <laughs> I guess you just need a nickname. Let's see. You've got such orange, beautiful eyes. Oh, I'll call you Clementine. Um, that is, if you're okay with it. The Beast was definitely okay with it. Well, I kind of thought this was going to be a horror story, but, you know, I suppose this, you know, it's not so bad. It's kind of nice for me, too, since now I don't even have to know what's going to happen next. In hindsight, it was kind of silly of us to expect to a demon to stick to the script, seeing as they're an agent of chaos. Uh, but it looks like the Beast is just going to be hanging out with Ramona for a little while, so I guess we'll call it an episode here. Uh, tune in next time, or you know, quite soon, to see if the beast can keep up with this lucky streak. And as always, folks, good night. Episode one there, the uh, what we like to call glue, which was also translates to lover's guide to the unspeakably eldritch. Sometimes I wonder if I should just make all of my series titles ridiculously long to annoy Ben. <laughs> well, I am I am fully in favor of that plan. 
And ladies and gentlemen, we are brought to you by the Coughlin School of Minor Injuries, promoting the value of caution to children and adults alike. Want to improve your knife skills? We have lacerations to fit any budget. Low door frame? Our contusion center has just a program to make sure you'll be ducking from now on. Apply today to the Coughlin School of Minor Injuries. That's the Coughlin School of Minor Injuries. No pain, no gain. Make better even more good. Turn success into even more success. Let failure inspire you to work harder. Turn apathy into obsession. Strive for more even if it kills you. Make sacrifice your first priority. Work yourself to death. Okay. Rocket Co. Aggressive solutions for what the world needs. Rocket Co. Rocket Co. Hey there, all you freaky freaks of nature and sultry sea hags. Looking for someone to haunt, howl, or just hang out with? Look no further. Signing up for Growler can match you with whoever you desire to spend your lurking late nights with. Really? All abhorred creatures and abominations are welcome and guaranteed a suitor in their first week. Sign up today and get your growl on. by the Lawn Darts Commission to bring back Lawn Darts. Remember Lawn Darts? In days past, nothing brought the family together like a spirited game of Lawn Darts. Let's see if Jimmy, you Jimmy, can beat Dad this time. How's this one, Dad? Wow, great shot, Jim. But how about this one? Hold on while I finish this picture of gin and tonic. Oh, okay, boy. Check this out, huh? Wow, nice dodging, Fido. (laughs) Yes, lawn darts, the classic pastime for free Americans. Won't you contact your local congressman today? Parody, parody, parody. Hi there. Hi. It's great to see you. It's a cold, scary world. I would know. I used to be cold and scared. I used to leave the house wearing camo head to toe. I used to wet myself at the sight of a surveillance camera. I used to wear decoy teeth in case an unscrupulous dentist tried to steal my real teeth. But I don't do that anymore and that's because I eat Mert's oatmeal. I'm eating Bert's oatmeal right now. Thank you, Bert. Your oatmeal's good. I'm not scared of cameras anymore. My name is Bert Kennedy, and I approve this message. Hey there, your feet bleeding? That's because you haven't wearing shoes. Shoes. Another essential beetle protection device. Best since rocks. Shoes. Another age-old tradition co-opted by Rocket Co. Rocket All right, now, uh, let's just going to give everybody a little bit of a trajectory, a little prognosis for the show coming up now uh, in the next uh, 15 minutes or so. Uh, what we're going to do is bring on our musical guest, which is me, and uh, after that, we're going to have a little very special guest. Uh, who likes to read the? Who's going to read the news for us? Okay, and um, 
So they, that person should get their little newscast ready, and maybe even the weather would be good at that point. Now, after that, what we're going to do is hear a very special um, new uh, a piece that's brand new, straight off of the presses by our dear friend Daisy Wine White. Okay, and uh, at that point, we are going to have to, um, you know, do some of our obligations, after which... Obliga- obligate obligatory ablutions is you what I it, like to it. call them. And after that, now, okay, okay, wait, that's going to be episode two of that. Now, after that, we're going to uh, kind of wrap things up and uh, go into a mystery, not a demonic world. Well, it's a demonic world, but it's loving demons. And that's kind of what we're doing today is love, loving demons and loving um, ourselves. This is what untreated scurvy looks like. <laughs> Please eat your fruits and vegetables, kids. Get Please. the facts at yar.com. <laughs> I'll have you know that the modern pirate is very well nourished, thank you very much, because of all of our good vitamin supplements that have been supplied to us by Boatco. Thank you, Boatco, for all that you help with the pirating world. Boatco. All right, folks, here we go. Episode two of the... Uh... Wait a hold on! Somebody wasn't paying attention. Right now. <laughs> Right now, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring on my cousin, and uh, he's also his nephew, actually, uh, and his name is Whiskey Joe. Here. Well, thanks, thanks everybody for that warm welcome. Um, is this boy, it's really nice this- to see everybody here. It's so enthusiastic and all. Um, Yay! Oh, oh well, yeah. well, sing your songs. <laughs> it's good that I brought my um, my. Uh, my, he's it was sort of my cousin. Is he my nephew or my cousin? It's hard to figure out sometimes. But he's uh, in his uh, four-walled chair, which is made specially yes. for him. And he's going to come on out now. Oh, no. Oh, Hi, no. everybody. Get it's me, Sapphire. Get out of here. The, you'll never oh. amount to anything. You're the worst pizza boy. <laughs> um... Okay, wait, it says here on my uh, script I have to go change, so I'll be right back in my costume, and um, my second cousin, uh, Whiskey Joe, is going to begin this song. All right, now, thank you, Sapphire. You just get into that costume that uh, your Aunt Phyllis, my cousin, wait a minute, no, it's my sister Phyllis made for you. (laughs) It's hard to keep track of these, you know, non-nuclear relationships and stuff. However, this song is about... uh, 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 love, and it's about love in a uh, some abstract senses, but also in some more specific senses. So maybe you'll get the idea when I start to sing. I don't think this is gonna be good. <laughs> Let's not listen. Love, such a beautiful word. Love. Such a nice ring to it There's only one solution When push comes to shove It's love, 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 love Four little letters Love 
so easy to sing to it. If it's around the tongue like a hand to a glove, it's love, 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 love. Now I hear so many nasty words around, like hate and stupid. Well, I know a guy who makes a much better sound, and his name is Cupid. I hate this costume. Sends my heart soaring. Wow. I think this song is getting boring. I'd rather have one hawk than a room full of doves with their love, 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 love. love. Oh my gosh, who is that cookie? Do you think she saw me looking? Everything about her is what I've been dreaming of. I'm in love, 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 love. Um, excuse me, but would you maybe like to, um, have dinner with me sometime? No. Get out of here, you creep. You're not even wearing pants. Oh. Love stabbing sharper than a dagger. Love do you still think it doesn't matter? Just about to bust, but now I'm flat. Can you imagine anything more powerful than that? It's perfect and it's painful, and therein lies the rub. It's love, 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 love. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Sapphire. And uh, thank you, Kelsey Questions, for uh, providing some of that backup vocal there. Hello. <laughs> All right, this is the la- last song now, last Whiskey Joe song. Now, this is also about love. This one is about an awkward first date, which, spoiler alert, may be happening in the next episode. Okay. Now, um, Sapphire is going to return now to play my uh, counterpart, my the date. Okay. What? I uh, just read the script. All right. Okay. Song goes like this. Let's split a bottle of the Pinot Grigio. I heard 1997's a very good year. But I like red wine. And besides, I think I'm maybe gonna get the duck. Let's compromise and split a bottle of blush. Excellent choice! I 
think there's something you should know, John. You're not the only one whose dance card I'm on. In fact, I got another date tomorrow night. That's okay, Ann. In fact, you don't know how completely I can understand. My dance card's full, too. I got Jill and Joan and Jen. Oh. I'll have the salmon. She'll have the duck. But wait, once it's on the menu, can you tell me what's poinsettia? It's like sausage. Is that true? Is it really like sausage? Oh, well. I guess I'll have the duck. Excellent choice! Quite a dance card you've built up for yourself, Mr. Wild. Three girls and me, you make me feel just like a child. Actually, I'm kind of embarrassed. You don't have to be embarrassed. Cause when you're young, and you just want to have a little bit of fun, you got the right to do what you want and not be judged by anyone. So to hell with convention, and to hell with petty jealousy. Let's go to your place and shoot the breeze. Excellent choice! Thank you, everybody. Yeah! yeah. That was awkward for me. I don't know about anyone else. Okay, now, um, all right, Sapphire, you go back into your chair, okay? Go back into the chair. All right, now. Next up, we have another special guest. And yes. uh, let's just, uh, why don't we just step out? It's got a lot of people outside Edgar! the studio. Edgar! So hold on. Yes! I can barely hear him right now. Edgar, but let's go news. out and um, let's go out and, and talk to some of these, some of these fans here. Edgar! 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 Back away from the perimeter. I wrote a poem in blood for you, Edgar. Security. Clear a path. Security to door two. Security to door two, please. I said back away. Ah, oh, sorry about that, everybody. Okay, um, Edgar, why don't you go ahead and take it away? Note to self, get new security guards. This one is abysmal. Good afternoon, Portsmouth, New Hampshire. My name is Edgar. Now that the Weird People show has moved from WNH to WSCA, Whiskey Joe has asked me to come back to do the weekly news reports. I was having such a wonderful time on my spiritual journey in the Bermuda Triangle, but nonetheless, I guess I will oblige in return. It seems my fans have missed me. <laughs> it's not a great loss, but it will be missed. There is a surprising lack of spirits in the Bermuda Triangle, but anyways, this week's top headline... Millions of viewers turned in weeks ago to watch the current leader of America pardon the Thanksgiving turkey. But what exactly was this turkey being pardoned for? The answer is more complex than you think. In order to understand this sacred tradition of the turkey pardoning, we must first take a look at America's history. 
Very few know about the traumatizing events of the Great Turkey Wars that began in 1832. This is, of course, due to the fact that what happened during these wars were too horrific to speak about in public schools. So naturally, I learned all about it. And indeed, those very same events are too horrific for me to disclose the details of on air. I fear that I probably will be stopped if I try. Nonetheless, all you need to know is that even before the wars, tensions between the colonies and the turkeys had been rising for years. Anyone who's met a turkey knows that they're all war criminals. Even if you're lucky enough to have never suffered at the hand of a turkey, you can still see the violent glint in their eyes. In fact, this is the very reason people started eating turkeys on Thanksgiving. It was all part of a government campaign to make turkey a mainstream food product. After all, eating all the turkeys is a great way to control the population and reduce the risk of turkey-on-man violence. After years of fighting that resulted in millions of deaths on both sides, the emperor of the turkeys was finally willing to try and reach a peaceful agreement with the American government. Reaching the point of peace was not easy, Both parties had to meet several times over the course of weeks to discuss the details of the treaty, but eventually a compromise was reached, and the Thanksgiving Treaty was ratified. There are many, many fine details of the treaty that I will not go over in this broadcast, but the most important one is the tradition of the turkey pardoning. In order to appease the bloodlust of America's turkeys, the president is legally obligated to pick one turkey, just one, from a long line of feathered death row inmates and pardoned them for their list of numerous felonies. This tradition goes to show that there is no hard feelings between the humans and the turkeys, and without it, who's to say what violence might occur? As for this year, the leader actually pardoned two turkeys by the names of Liberty and Bell. Their criminal records are as follows. Homicide Vehicular homicide, meridicide, sororicide, fratricide, 23 counts of first-degree murder, not including the ones listed above, treason against both the American and Turkey governments, treason against the government of Turkey, the country in the Middle East, maleficium, tax evasion, impersonating the Red Cross in a non-medical facility, pug trafficking, arson, vandalism, and finally, defamation. Suffice to say, it was a wild weekend. That's all for now, my dear listeners, and thank you for listening. We here at the Weird People Show hope you had a happy Thanksgiving. Woo! (laughs) Come on now! Thank you, Edgar! Oh my god! Edgar! Edgar! We will use live fire! (laughs) Uh, You got the news over there? I mean, the weather? I got it right here. All right, now, listen, everybody. Y'all want to know what weather is? No. No, I'm good. Well, I'm going to tell you anyway. Today, guess what's going to happen? Rain. 100% chance. Oh, my God. No question about it. In fact, it is raining right now. If it don't rain today, I'm going to eat my hat, okay? (laughs) I'm holding you to that. Tonight, you know what's going to happen? Rain. 100% chance. Going to rain. No two ways about it. It's 100... When I say 100% chance... There ain't no black and white. It's a black and white issue, okay? There ain't no gray area. The only thing that'll the be black and gray is, yeah. Yeah, the oh, I'm sorry. I stepped on your joke. That was a good idea. How dare you? All right, now, uh, Monday, okay, there's 40, 30% chance. Rain, could be some freezing rain now. Watch out, y'all. 
of course, it's a high of 43, so <clears throat> what y'all complain about? It's like, you know, let's bring up that aquanet in the air and let's get this stuff warmer, okay? Now, uh, Monday night, you got a 40-40% chance. Rain, possible snow, possible snow on Monday night. But then, of course, the next day high is mostly cloudy with a high of 39, so all that snow is going to melt. And we're going to be in for an early mud season, if you know what I'm talking about, because that's basically what winter is now, is extended mud season. Okay. Right, now we're going to move on to something called aesthetic life. Okay, so y'all are going to have to back me up now with your with some music because uh, oh, no. <laughs> because the carpenter's here. He's supposed to read We got to get good. Get good? Everybody get good now. All I don't right. know if ukulele is really fitting for this. Um. No, we're just going to have fun. Well, anything in a minor, you know, minor chords or minor chord. Don't matter if you're playing a ukulele or an auto harp or a zither, you know, you could, or you could be playing a bazooki. Hold on now. Hold on now. Hold your horses. Hold your horses. Okay, and that's the diner stuff, right? You got that. I think that's plenty creepy. Nothing wrong with it. That's a creepy ass you playing. I like that. Don't let that bother you now. Don't worry about that. Thank you. We now present to you Ascetic Life. Scene is diner. Sarah's late, which is fine. Sat by the windows and ordered coffee. I'll be entertaining when she gets here. I glance around the diner. I see my waitress. I turn away. I don't want to seem demanding. There's a red and plastic blue jukebox. Red and blue plastic jukebox in the corner. With a too wide touchscreen. To my right is a couple in a booth. A big bearded guy with Cro-Magnon facial features scrolling on a phone smaller than his palm. Probably looking for flint tools or something. Well, across from him is his stick-thin girlfriend? Maybe sister. She's wearing a giant beanie that gives her skull that pharaoh shape. They're resting a forearm on the table, extended towards each other, obviously dating. His, his swollen, hers skinny, like a snake that's just been eaten, or that's just eaten. She has to turn her shoulder slightly to reach her fingers. Both of them wear dark tones that have the green leaf and bird tattoos of avid hikers who weren't in the scouts. Boyfriend, girlfriend, or weird parents? Who gets a diner dinner with their sibling? There's no food on the table, just a plastic cup full of water in front of the bird queen. She lifts her arm and turns her head to scratch her scalp. She's got black eyeliner on, probably the same style she's used since her cheeks started sinking at 17. Her eyes flick up and I blink and look to the other side of the room. There's some older people over there, rumpled clothes, middle-aged guy in a flannel and a leather jacket grazing on a burger. Beneath them lie white worms, straight and shiny in the freshly mopped linoleum. The diner must be close to close. I hear wet squeaks behind me. I lean away as the arm of my Aryan-looking waitress sets down a ceramic mug and pours coffee from a bulbous, translucent pot. My back brushes the window, 
and I feel winter seeping in. The cold triggers an instinctive smile, but she doesn't make eye contact while she pours. I think she thinks I'm alone. So we both watch the steam rise from the red cup. She's blonde with blueberry eyes and a checkered white and red apron, like Betty from the Archie comics. She turns her face to look at me and looks at my forehead and chirps. I'll be back in a minute to take your order. In a way, that reminds me of the jukebox. I watch Betty squeak away, and then hunch from the window and look into the cup. I don't really want coffee. I forgot to say thank you. And the impulse to apologize to Betty by drinking wrestles against the desire to deny Sarah like two toddlers trying to drown each other in mud. I lean forward to the coffee and shift in my seat a little, holding myself artificially still so I can watch the sibling couple through my peripheral vision. What would Grandma think? I like to... I like to pretend I got her intuition. One time at breakfast, she heard an old man stand up and enthusiastically greet a young couple joining him at the table. Without looking, she said, That man has regrets. I said, Oh yeah, but she didn't respond. She hadn't told me that to she hadn't told me that to be patronized. She was stretching her claws. I look at the dry skin flaking on my knuckles, and then at my watch. In the memories of Sarah not waking up in time to drive me to work. Sarah on her phone while I packed her car. Sarah laughing on the phone while I paced around the kitchen. Rattle past like a punctual train. What would Grandma think? Betty comes out from the kitchen and bends over the couple's table. I look away towards the middle-aged man. He's finished his burger. And he's hunched over the table, elbows flared jacket and shirt rumpled up into a triangle so he can better stoop his head and peer over his bifocals at Betty's ass. I shift from him towards my left and look into the night pressing against the window. We all reflect clearly in the glass. The fluorescent lights floating in the pervasive dark. The whole image like a hope for purgatory superimposed on something worse. What would Grandma think? I turn back to the couple. Betty's squeaking away. The old man hacks between the couple, steams golden food on ceramic red plates. Caveman bites deeply into his sandwich, a slice of pickle slipping out the back. Bird Queen pecks at her waffle fries, eating them in three bites spaced between sips of water. I decide she didn't want to come here. Caveman might be pretending not to know. He, he looks big. Maybe a yardie? He comes home earlier than her from work. Yeah. Doesn't feel like cooking. And then when he gets home, and she gets home from, let's see, the tea shop, Barnes & Noble, some service job like that. He gets up off the couch, and then he hurries into the kitchen before she walks into the living room. Then she sits down and says, Hi. And he shuffles around the corner and says, in a lower tone, then flops down next to her on the couch like he's tired. She checks her phone while taking off her shoes with one hand, and then after a few minutes of silence, she asks, How is work? He sighs, says, 
Not, not great. great. And then he looks up at her, and she knows that he is not cooked, and he will want to eat out at the diner, and that if she suggests something different, he will pause and say, yeah, of course, whatever you want. And even if she gets her way, the meal will just be food, and they won't speak during sex that night. She sees it all coming from the couch, but she goes, she goes back on her phone and gets up packs a bowl without asking if he wants any but of course he does and they go out into the wooden balcony with the plastic railing and screws poking up from the corners like saw teeth of a bear trap just concealed between sand the weed smoke thickening and obscuring what's between them a diplomatic continuation of the same meandering the same avoidance here and now I watch their silence with my back to the night the old man hacks wetly and he crumples the layers of his jacket with his fist. He coughs and pounds methodically, like he's reorganizing the lumps and tissue in his chest. He reminds me of an old man I saw playing solitaire through his window back in Worcester. I was walking alone one night and this guy was sitting out at a table with a single chair beneath an uncovered bulb laying cards out. The deck was dwindling next to him. This old man hacks again, and I think he looks a little like the guy in Worcester. I wonder. Hey! Sarah slides into the chair across from me. She smiles, flicks her eyes between mine, and then turns her whole body to the couple. She smirks and angles her head while leaning her shoulders, leaving her shoulders turned. The impulse to stab her makes me blink. She asks. So, what do your elf eyes see? I say, nothing, nothing, nothing. I haven't ordered yet. What have you been up to? She tilts her head, bemusement polluting her smile. Babe, I had to call Jenny about Saturday. I try to remember Jen. The one from last week, hon? She commented on my thing about Ethiopia. She wants to grab coffee and introduce me to her brother-in-law, apparently. She brings her body forward, arms folded in tight like a praying mantis, and whispers. Apparently, he just got back from Tigray. Oh, I look at the couple, the same as when their food arrived. I hope you weren't waiting too long. I smile at her. No, it's nothing. Betty squeaks up behind me. Sarah orders a cup of coffee and compliments her blue outfit. I lean into the cold window, looking back at the couple and think of the old man in Worcester. I wonder about the last time he ate dinner with someone else. I feel the question of why rising up. And then I turn away. Okay, now. Everybody wipe the tears out from your eyes and get the, um, you know, put away your uh, sadness. Yeah, put uh, away all those minor chords. Like. Put away those minor chords because we're going into dissonant noise and major chords with our next little piece here, which is episode two of The Lover's Guide to the Unspeakably Eldritch. Yes, don't worry about that. Or we're gonna we're gonna bring in all our little things up now, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm gonna get all strapped on the old um, whining box. Hmm? I'll get started here. 
whining box. I don't know. I just... Sometimes Whiskey Joe just says things. I don't think there's a single thought in his brain that goes to what's about to come out of his mouth. No, I'm pretty sure it sources it from the feet or something inside of the shoe he brought in from outside, probably. Well, now, everybody, hold your little horsies now. Because, you know, I try to be very thoughtful and considerate to all my friends. Um... And I try to uh, pick out very carefully every word that comes out of my birdcage dolphin paint can. Um, oh, it did it again, Joe. Oh, wow. shoot. Well, it's all that gas back in the day. It's all right. Now, I now present to you. Ezra, are you ready? Days yeah, of Wine? I'm ready. Episode 2 of Lover's Guide to the Unexpected. Unspeakably eldritch. It is unspeakable. How to host a date that's out of this world, featuring our own seagulls. <laughs> Last we left off, the beast who had been nicknamed Clementine somehow had wooed the human woman named Ramona. Seemingly ignoring the several red flags that would send most humans running, Ramona was rather charmed by the beast's gifts and asked it on a date. Too flustered to do anything else, the beast just nodded and left. The problem is that the beast has no idea what people do on dates. And even worse, it has a meeting with the Antichrist today to report the results of its first haunting. Suffice to say, the beast is very anxious right now. Regardless, it makes its way through the devil's castle to the throne room to speak with the Antichrist. <laughs> Ah, my latest pupil. Tell me, Imp, how did your first haunting go? What, what was that? You speak so softly. Do you come... Do, do, do come closer. Come, come, come. Now, I want to know every detail. Was the human terrified? <laughs> did she abandon her homestead? <laughs> Never to return? <laughs> what? What do you mean it didn't work? Many humans are hard to scare. That's no excuse! Don't use that tone with me! Listen, you puny imp! Never in my millions of years of existence have I heard of a demon doing so terribly on their first haunting! Every demon must prove their worth by haunting humans and tempting them into sin! If you cannot do that, then you are not worth keeping around! Do you get what I mean? <coughs> to prove your worth to me, I expect you to scare ten humans by the end of this week. Otherwise, you will be in big trouble. Do I make myself clear? <coughs> now be gone! I am the Prince of Hell! I have more important matters than speaking with insignificant beings such as yourself. Oh, thank you. And as the flames of hell faded slowly from its ears, the sounds dying away. Before the beast knew it, the day of its date with Ramona had arrived. It thought about putting together a plan like last time, but Ramona had insisted that... I'll take care of everything! 
You just come by my place at 7 p.m. sharp. And that was that. There is, however, one problem. The beast's haunting quota. Uh, they only have a few days left until a follow-up meeting with the Antichrist, and its quest to scare humans hasn't been going super well. If the beast can scare ten people tonight, then everything will be okay. But what if Ramona sees? She hasn't been driven away by the beast yet, but that's only because she hasn't seen what it's capable of. If she saw her precious Clementine haunting another human, surely she would be too scared to stick around. No. No, that won't do. The beast needs to find a way to scare people while Ramona isn't looking. Clementine, I'm so glad you showed up on time. I love it when people are punctual. You ready for our date? Um, hello? Earth to Clementine. Clementine is currently and obviously distracted by the fact that Ramona is wearing a very pretty white dress with frills and lace and everything. Snapping back to reality, Clementine realizes that it needs to respond and clumsily shoves the dandelions it picked into Ramona's face. Unfortunately, the flowers die the second they touch the beast's clawed fingers. Clementine is currently waving a handful of what looks like dead grass in front of Ramona's face while blushing furiously. Oh, these dry dandelion seeds are perfect for my indoor herb garden. How did you know? Here. Let me put these inside real quick. Hello there, ma'am. Are you the owner of this lovely cottage? I've got some mail for you. Oh, my! And with the mailman scared, that was one haunting down, nine to go. What was that noise? Oh, what's this? Did the mailman come? Hmm... Looks like it's just a bunch of bills and whatnot. I'll just show them in my purse with the rest. Shall we go? Great. I heard about this lovely Italian restaurant in town. I figured we'd check it out. Here, my car's just over there. Mmm. This Alfredo is delicious. How's your lasagna, Clementine? This is the first time that the Beast has ever eaten food, and it has to admit, it's a fan. Great! I'm glad you're having a good time. You know, it's just occurred to me that I don't actually know much about you. I suppose that's my fault. I know I tend to rant sometimes. Tell me about yourself. What do you do for a living? The beast actually prepared for this question. It just can't tell Ramona that it's a demon, that's all. They recite the carefully crafted explanation that they w prepared word for word. My, my boss tells me which humans to terrorize, and I do it, lest she ruins my life and damns my soul. Oh, so you work in sales. That's really interesting. I have a cousin who does something similar. What about hobbies? What do you like to do for fun? Well, I like singing and songwriting mostly. I mean, I know you already knew that, but these days it's pretty much all I do. 
There's just something so beautiful about expressing your emotions through poetry and the rhythm of a good song always soothes me. We, we learned in, in human history, humans use poems before writing to, <coughs> to memorize history. Really? That's so cool. Now, I wish I was an ancient historian writing songs all day. <laughs> but I've never performed my songs in front of anyone else before. I just get so nervous trying to sing in front of other people, so it's really more of a hobby than a passion. You're, you seem very passionate about it. Yeah, I guess you're right. Maybe someday I'll do an open mic or something. I don't know. But for now, I'm fine just singing to myself at home. If you'll excuse me, I have to powder my nose. Why, hello there. How's the food this evening? Very, very, very good, thank you. <coughs> oh, that's great. And what did your uh, gal pal think? She, she thought she needed to put powder on her nose. Ah, I, I see. Well, unless there's anything else you need, I'll leave you and your friend to it, yes? <coughs> Uh, sorry, can I help you? Uh, you know, if you need something, you can just say so instead of staring at me with them big old eyes. Or do you want to just keep clearing your throat at me? It's very disgusting. I can't stand to bear this sort of thing. Oh, oh the holy mother of the on the crowd. And with the waiter down, that's two hauntings, eight to go. Besides, that one kind of deserved it, if you ask me. Um, Clementine, what did you just do to that poor waiter? Uh oh crap. Pause. Wait. Where did you go? Come back. Clementine. Where is she? I'm walking in. I don't know how she managed to disappear like that, but surely she couldn't have gotten far. Oh, stop worrying, you silly girl. She's probably fine. While Ramona wandered around the street, the beast in question is currently in its cave, having what is essentially the demon equivalent of a temper tantrum. Uh, it's very frustrated with itself. This is, this is hard to watch. How about we switch back to our other protagonist? Clementine! I'm walking here. Where are you? I'm walking here. Oh, please come back! Oh, God, this is depressing. I don't, I don't know how we're going to host such a dismal show. Wait, someone's teleporting in. It's. Clementine! There you are. I was worried sick about you. Thank God. Welcome back, Clementine, you coward. Go on, then. Where, where did you go? And what happened at the back of the restaurant? I've never seen anyone unhinge their jaws like that before. I'm, I'm sorry for running. There's, there's, there's something I should tell you. Okay, go on, then. You, you, <coughs> you may want to sit down. In the middle of the sidewalk? Fair enough. Never mind. Um, so, I'm a demon? A demon? Don't be ridiculous. Demons aren't real. Yes, we are. 
else would you explain the way I look and act with a bunny with a twenty eyes? I just assumed Argus was a special bunny. And to be honest, until the incident at the restaurant, I just assumed you were neurodivergent. Not in a bad way or anything. Lord knows I'm not in any place to judge people for stuff like that. It's just it's just hard to believe that you could be a demon. You're so sweet. I'm, I'm not lying. Really? Then prove it. Fine, I will. But uh, apologies in advance. Whatever for. Of all the places Ramona expected to wake up in, the last one was on her own couch with a cup of tea waiting on the coffee table. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to scare you so much. That's why I wanted you to sit down. Scare me? Wait, I remember now. I asked you to prove you're a demon and you turned into something terrifying. Some terrifying thing, so I guess it's true then, huh? Yes. Sorry for doubting you. It's just so hard to believe, you know, especially when the demon in question is so sweet. I I thought you'd run away, not want to see me. You think I'm mean? Of course not. You've been nothing but peachy to me. Well, except for earlier when you scared the crap out of me. But I suppose I kind of brought that on myself. I mean, you even brought me back to my home when I passed out. I... I was worried. I thought you died. Oh, you poor thing. Well, thank you. <laughs> Even though we had a little hiccup, I enjoyed our time together this evening. How would you feel about a second date? The beast has once again ceased functioning. Well, as long as it's going to stand there like a complete idiot, we might as well end the episode here. Thanks again for tuning in. Hopefully the beast will be a little better at flirting next time. This is almost unbearable to watch, so I can't imagine how it is to listen to. All right, folks. See you next time. Wow. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen. Wow. Okay. My voice did not survive. Wow. <clears throat> The Weird People Show is brought to you by Melt Meal, the meal that melts. Yes, just a few short minutes in the microwave, clothes dryer, or conventional oven, and Melt Meal melts into an edible puddle. Spoon it, mop it, suck it with a straw. You've got to clean it up somehow. Yes, Melt Meal, the meal that melts. Invented by Rocket Co. Rocket Co. Are you unhappy? Do you have a sneaking suspicion there is something terribly wrong with you, everyone, and you? Do you want to escape from the world and yourself? Do drugs! Yes, drugs! That time-honored collection of substances that has been holding our society together since the invention of the clock! Drugs! Available everywhere you turn. Another pacifier shoved into your mouth by Rocket Co. Rocket Co. Rocket Cow. Fishing. Fish. Swim in ponds. Big fish in little ones. Big fish in big ponds. Little fish in little ponds. 
Everybody's swimming around together. The big fish are important. They eat the less important little fish. If nobody ate the little fish, there would be too many little fish. If there were too many little fish, they would eat off all the essential plants. If they ate all the plants, every fish in the pond would suffocate and die. The pond would end up smelly mud hole with no life but swarming mosquitoes and copious deadly bacteria. Rocketco. Predatory because we care. Rocket cow. Rocket cow. Are you lonely on dark and stormy nights? Do you wish your doors and windows would have startling slams more often? Hoping for a reliable presence in your life? Here at Rocket Co., we sustainably farm friendly spirits that can make any house feel like a happy, haunted home. The phantoms we collect have unfinished business not being your house guest for eternity. With a monthly subscription to Horror Services, Ghostful will rearrange your furniture, rattle your bedroom windows, scream in the middle of the night, leave trails of swine blood, bring dead animals to your doorstep, randomly activate all your kitchen appliances, take the batteries out of your smoke alarms, distance you from your family, and more. Because our... Because are you actually seeking the paranormal or just feeling lonely? Ghostful by Rocket Co. Rocket Co. Now, folks, nuclear Armageddon is more likely than ever. And if you're like me, you're worried about missing out on the fireworks. What if the bombs go off when you're stuck in a tunnel or some bunker or office meeting? Well, worry no more. Viewfinder is a new app that will, in the event of an apocalyptic nuclear exchange, automatically find you the best place to watch the show. When the nukes fly, give Viewfinder a try. It'll locate the nearest beach so you can see a mushroom cloud eclipse the sunset, or take you to a rooftop balcony so you can catch your childhood home being flooded with fire. Viewfinder. Enjoy Armageddon. You earned it. I need a vacation, but everywhere I go is too crowded. I want a place to relax in peace and quiet. I think I know a place. And no super outdoorsy areas either. I'm not a huge fan of nature. Sounds like you want a holiday to nowhere. Nowhere? Nowhere. With Void Vacations, you can enjoy the deepest, darkest area of space, the Booties Region. It's 62 megaparsecs away from the nearest gallery and galaxy and 700 million light years away from Earth. That sounds fantastic, but how do I get there? We ship you off in your own personal sensory deprivation spaceship. You'll be so relaxed that you'll never even want to leave. But will I even be able to... Void vacations! Because don't you need a break? Rocket Co. Rocket Co. Okay, now, um, that is about, we're starting to wrap up with our non-ethereal uh, type of broadcast here, and this guy just wants to just sniggle away from me, but that's okay. And, uh, that was the time where we're all gonna get together and, and sing our little goodbye song to everyone, and and then we're going to um, just kind of go off into our own uh, places of safety, our safe places, or even better, a more dangerous place. 
Okay. That doesn't sound Did better. UNH dining halls. <laughs> Oh, uh, we don't get UNH jokes anymore because, you know, we're in the big city now, so. Yeah, but really had to go. You know when you gotta go, you gotta go. <laughs> well. Well. It's cold. As heck, heck out here. It's a long walk home. And it seems like all the street lights Tonight, I'll be a lucky angel, and I'll thwart those who try to do you harm tonight. I'll keep away the psychos, or at least that length of an arm. All right, now, ladies and gentlemen, I want to just go around the room one more time and introduce all of our good friends here at the Weird People Show. Directly to my right is Moxie Mike. Moxie Mike there. Everybody, let's Woo. go. To his right. And we got Tequila Timmy. Woo. Uh, tequila Timmy is right. We've got Dishwasher Fluid Diane. Come on. And to the right, we got Zinjay Zinjay. Woo, buy gold. Yeah. And then we got Daisy Wan Wyatt. Daisy Wan Wyatt. Daisy Wan Wyatt. I'm Baron. Hey! And this is your old friend Whiskey Joe. <laughs> saying love each other and love yourselves. Come on now. And tonight, I'll be a lucky angel. And I want those to try to do you are tonight. I'll give away the cycle. tips on how to counteract scurvy and how to limit the damage it's already done to your brain, body, and most likely loved ones. Uh, if that's interest to you, if that's of, uh, the utmost importance of it, you're going to want to stay tuned in. And check out yarr.com. That is Y-A-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R
حرف بزنید من زبان شما را خوب حرف نمیزنم من امریکاییم اسمم جون است آیا شما انگلیسی میدونید؟ بله خوب میدونم من زیاد انگلیسی نمیدونم میفهمم چه میگویید نمیفهمم چه میگویید شما تند حرف میزنید کی به شهر شما میرسیم مشتاقم منظره اش را ببینم میخواهیم سه هفته اینجا بمانیم بازبین گمرک کجاست Uh, you can you can punish me if you would like, Mr. Teacher. I, uh, this seems unnecessary. This silence is quite brutal. I feel stretched out upon the rack. Every element of me, not only already exposed but expanding, such as the vulnerability, seems to stretch. Once you please say something, anything. The professor stared at him in silence. I suppose I'll simply take my seat amidst my students, my colleagues, my peers. Uh, excuse me, are you all right if I sit here? Go on ahead, but you need to get off my head. I can't understand you. I, I'm afraid that I am incapable of comprehending what you're saying. Every syllable seems distorted. This is terrible. That's when he realized he was wearing nothing but one velvet cake red fuzzy hat. What have I done to deserve such torture, such humiliation, such punishment? I must rack my brain to think. And from within my mind I hear a voice, a new voice ringing out, telling me the transgression that led to this punishment. And that new voice that will ring out, that has not previously spoken, said... There was a deafening silence as he waited for a voice to speak to him. You pirated pirates of the Caribbean free. But it wasn't, it wasn't even one of the good ones, I said to the voice. I don't care, it's not in public domain, you foolish mortal! They're all rich actors and producers, why does it matter that I pirated it? Because they need all of the money and before the writer's strike, which by the way, this movie came out before the writer's strike, I'll have you know, the writers were being paid scrubs! I can 
Right. She's paying the writers with the producers, but Johnny Depp, who do they need the money for? What would they spend it on? Is it already in their wallet or their kitchen pantry or their garage or on a boat? It matters not. Stealing is not okay. Especially since it affects the numbers. The numbers! I understand I've perturbed the numbers such that I might have upset the celestial equilibrium and scattered the stars from their constellations, and I deserve to be flayed, tortured, crucified, and split upon the rack for that. But but why this form of punishment? Why this crucifixion? Why these two hordes before me? Why a classroom? Why only a hat and a loincloth and nothing to cover my shame? Why? ボーダーさあ、あきや。ボーダーさあ、あきや。ボーダーさあ、あきや。ボーダーさあ、あきや。ボーダーさあ、あきや。ボーダーさあ、あきや。ボーダーさあ、あきや。ボーダーさあ、
been able to find, which is the uh, Egyptian rainbow warbler. And uh, you can hear their call. Well, no, I can't hear it. I can't hear anything. Can you? I hear nothing. Are you sure it's out there? Here, here, here. Throw this, throw this book of matches at it. Here. It's a heavy book of matches. Oh, yeah, no. Didn't do anything. Here, try to throw your keys at it. Hmm. There she goes. There she goes. Yeah, okay, that's good. Now, moving on to the uh, purple tiger over in the background there. You can't quite see her face, but she's there. Just watch. Should we throw something on her again? Mm, yeah, throw that wand dart. Simultaneously musical to my ears and seductive to my brain. Wait, don't, don't leave the nest. Don't leave the hideout. That one of the animals might see. What are you doing? I can't. I've, I can't. I, it's, it's as if I'm compelled beyond my own actions. That I, I need to go touch it. I'm hit. I, Frankie, Frankie, no. Fra- Wait, just, just one feather. I'm just going, just going to touch the what that one purple feather from the top of the head. turn the corner. Take it easy. You could have said something before it hit the front fender of your father's Volkswagen, but you didn't, Frankie. You watched. You let it happen, Frankie. You fled civilization, the sound of automobiles reminding you of your permission of your father's mind. You came all the way here to the jungle missed the new sounds. A plant stretching up to the canopy of the canopy itself expanding of the whole apparatus rustling with creatures foreign, exotic, delightful. And you thought you could remain detached. You thought you could leave one world that it affected you and come to a new one and remain clean. But just one feather, Frankie. Just one touch. Right, just one. Just one. I, I, I got it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> I got the feather! I got the feather! I got the feather! Great job. Good job. I feel... I feel a little bit... smarter. I feel a little bit stronger. Good, thank you. What else? I... I feel like my sinus cavities have cleared up for the first time in four years. I can breathe! I can smell! And your sinus cavities 
Are they extending? Maybe hardening? Well, I can't, can't really say because I don't have a mirror to look up my own nose at the moment, but I, I do believe we call what I'm doing right now flight. Look at me. This is wonderful. Feathers burst from your back, Frankie. Your fingers fuse together into wings. Oh, well, I kind of didn't really notice, but that's true. My wing hand flippers are flopping and flapping, and Can here you I am. understand your old human companions, Frankie? You've left one world, Frankie. The slate has been cleaned, and you arrive in a new world, and there is one task, one quest, that I need you to do for me before I can let you pass through this world onto the next. Well, if it will get me down... A human eye, Frankie. Oh my gosh. Where will I get a human eye? Return to your companion. Where will I... I know. Perhaps I'll offer one of my... I have two. I'll offer one of my own. Is, would, that, would that suffice? Would that get me across no! Then eye hunting it is. Lucky for, for me, I guess, and the progress of this tale, I do know a three-eyed witch that lives on the side of the back cove. A sea witch? It is indeed a sea witch. She wears a garland of kelp, like a hula hoop. She has a glass spyglass without a frame she holds to her heart, and she can see the lies of humans. Frankie flew on, the jungle blurring beneath him the hillside and perched on the rain slick sill of the witch's home. Inside she saw her bench over her cauldron burbling her song. As she began to speak the witch's Ah, Hello my pretty little thing. Who goes there? <laughs> Just wanted to stop by and see if maybe I could borrow some uh, kelp. <laughs> wow! I. Why would I help you? I'll go away, I suppose. I, I mean, I'm stuck up here in the air, and I just needed to get one of your... One of your... One of your eyes! Come here! You've got three of them hold still. I just need the... Oh, my For all eternity! Not if I have the purple feather! <laughs> and your eye! Let's go! Fly away! Flap the flap of flippy flap flap! And so Frankie flew back, an eyeball delicately clutched within his newfound beak. He returned to the bird whose feather he'd taken, whose quest he had received. And he stood before him and said, 
Yes, you featherback little guy. I'm sorry I scared you. And Did you get the eye, Frankie? I have it right here. If it, if it suits you. Give it to me. Can I cross that threshold now? Of course, Frankie. But what's on the other side? And with that, Frankie's vision fluttered. He felt his wings recede, the beak shoot back into a human prime bipedal mouth. He collapsed to the forest floor. Darkness swirled, cut, sliced, split his vision, and then swam. He swam here. Frankie, Frankie, wake up. Frankie, are you okay? Wait, wow, man, why are you waking me up for it? What is it, like five in the morning? Frank, you, ever oh. since you went after that bird, you've been gone for ages. We were worried sick. Oh, you mean it wasn't just a dream? I don't know about a dream, man, but something's terrible happened. C- come quick, man, we need your help. <coughs> okay, hold on. No, hold you on. can't hold on, man. No, man, I can't hold on. You just, I'm just up. You just woke me up. Hang Frankie, on. somebody broke in through Alyssa's window and took one of her eyes. Wait. <laughs> Somebody broke into Elisa's window? Yeah, Frankie, somebody did. Oh, man. She's going to kill Open us, bro. Open up, Nanette! FBI! Open it up! We heard somebody <laughs> in line missing! What should, what should we do? Open it up! Open it up, man. But the... the, the okay, fine. Maybe it's a new world on the other side of the door. Hello? Hello? We love you so much! Thank you for stealing that eye! This is the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Do not ask why we are in Costa Rica. We are here on account of the fact that we have reports of a missing eyeball. It's yeah, true! It's my eye! I woke up and I had one eye! Someone, get the paramedics over here. Get her like a blanket and some hot chocolate or something. It's all right. You'll, you'll blink it off. Does anyone have a plastic silver blanket? Does anyone have a plastic silver blanket? Listen! We have reports of a suspicious bird coming to this location, carrying an eyeball. Do you have any idea what they're talking about? Yo, Frankie don't know nothing. Frankie? Is that... Which one of you is Frankie? I have no idea. Is that... Oh! oh, oh, oh. Oh. I think it's that guy over there. That guy... Yes, yes, I see your see I see your friend right there that you're uh, Why would you accuse me? I've never stolen an eye in my entire Alright boys, round him up, get him, arrest him! And so the curse was fulfilled. All the actors broke out in song, and Frankie ruined the day he went after that bird. Yeah, that's right. That was... That was still happening. That was still happening, and we will be here forever. We won't be leaving. Because you know what? This is the Weird People Show. This isn't the Weird People's Toe, and it isn't the Weird People's Grow. It's the Weird People Stay Here Forever with each other. 
because it's only love. It's all Trust about me, love. Trust me, I've tried escaping numerous times. Yes, well, we won't talk about France, okay? We won't. Oh, someone's calling. Someone's calling. <laughs> After all that, someone's Hello? Yes, yes, um, yes. I I can't remember the procedure to put you. Um, here. Okay, thank you so much for calling. Okay, um, that was an experiment, and we succeeded. Actually, we didn't, but next time I will uh, remember the order of operations here. Just press one button, press another button, and then you can talk to the people, and it's great. Well, which is better than our last place that we used to uh, gig at. Uh, with, they did not have a working phone, and no one really cared. So, now, with our two minutes left, I want to say what's maybe on next week. I think we're going to have episode one of our science fiction epic called Neon Sun. And you definitely get to be Chauncey. You get to bring in the voice changer, though, please. Uh, and some other unknown treats. I'm not quite sure what else. We may end up doing Voila, which is about uh, eventually follows the story of a guy in two rocks. And uh, we may do LGUE 3. I'm not sure. We got to think about that. We got to think about it. We got to talk about it. And uh, there could be some other treats from any one of our other members, too, coming up, which they need to think about and talk about with themselves. So that's for sure, though. We're going to do Neon Sun Episode 1 next week. And uh, so we're going to be a little bit more of a science fiction type of theme. And we are going to be making more um, bleeboo blabu type noises. So. That being said, you are listening to WSCALP Portsmouth Community Radio, WSCAFM.org to donate or listen live, and uh, 106.1 FM on the Snail Dio. Once again, call us, 603-430-9722, and from everyone here at the Weird People Show, I'd like to thank, first of all, my friend, new friend, Nikki, for joining us today. Thank you. You were so very, very uh, welcome, not as in thank you, you're welcome, but you are welcome here. So, uh, she's already a DJ, by the way. She has her show, which is called... Rhythm Cafe. Which is on... Tuesdays from 2 to 4. Yeah! What kind of show is it? 70s soul, funk, indie, you know, anything right. that makes you get no down. No complaints, no complaints about that. All right, people. Uh, now, I want to just tell you once more that I love you, and so therefore you should love yourselves and love each other. Okay? So, bye now. <laughs> <laughs>